podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast with MyDieselClaim.com. Hello, I'm Paul Hayward and welcome to the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast, the show that takes you deeper than ever before into your football club. My guest today is probably the most decorated player in the building, a two-times Champions League winner with Lyon, a Germany international and a major catch for the Albion's new look women's team. So Pauline Bremer, you're here with uh, me, Paul Hayward and uh, Glenn Murray, Albion legend. And we're talking the morning after Brighton's women have beaten Everton 2-1 in their opening Women's Super League match. Glenn will, but most of us won't know what it's like to wake up the morning after a victory away from home, opening game of the season. What did that feel like when you opened your eyes? Oh, it just feels really good. First of all, you're really sore from the game because it was a tough 90 minutes. But uh, it's just a, a really nice feeling. Um, waking up, knowing you have the three points and an important win and just a really good start in the season. But you wake up feeling the effects of the game. How long does that take to get out of the system? Um, I mean, we have a recovery day today and then tomorrow is off. So I hope that I will be recovered by Wednesday. Um, we'll see. So it's early days, I know, but tell me a bit about the style of play the team's adopted this year and, you know, how will the team look uh, on the evidence of yesterday? Um, I think, yeah, we're, we're still building the style of play. We want to be uh, a team that keeps the ball and uh, has a lot of possession. We want to be an offensive team, high press. I think we've seen that in the first half yesterday, especially. We really had a good start to the game. Of course, scoring the two early goals uh, helped us. And yeah, that's uh, how we want to play. And we, we keep progressing in that sense. There was a lot of talk about, you know, lots of new players coming in, fresh start. Um, big names, big optimism. Is that how it feels? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of new faces. It was a very busy summer. And I think we have a really good group of players, but also good characters in the team now. And I could feel it yesterday that we're really together as a team already, although it's not been a long time. And I think that's that's really good uh, to see already that we are all sticking together and moving towards the same goal, same style of play. And yeah, I think it's it's a very exciting team. With your CV, anybody would identify you as a potential leader in the team. Is that a role you're taking on? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's uh, a little bit why I came here. It was challenging myself in a different way, um, being in a team where I can have uh, a lot of responsibility and a leadership role. I really enjoy it. I enjoyed it the first few weeks already, having a, having a say and um, just helping the other players that have maybe less experience and younger players as well. I really enjoy that. So, yeah, we have a few. Um, I think uh, Vicky as a captain, of course, she's also very important to the group. But it's important to have not only one voice, it's important to have more. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this so far. Pauline, I'm sure it was a big decision to jo join Brighton and I'm sure you had a whole host of clubs after you. So why did you choose Brighton? I chose because of the project. I think it's a really, really interesting project and um, I could see the vision of the club and it's it's a very ambitious uh, vision and it just made me feel like I want to be a part of it and um, 
I think uh, the WSL uh, is a really, really good league at the moment to play in. It's really competitive. There's no easy games. You could see it in all the results yesterday. It's really tight. And yeah, after my experience in, in Wolfsburg in Germany, which was also a very good experience, I just wanted something new. And uh, I felt like Brighton is a really good fit for me. And um, yeah. So you, you mentioned project there. Can you just tell us more about that and, and what, what's expected? Yeah, I mean, the, the women's team has had a difficult uh, season last year. And of course, yeah, we just want to improve and want to play good football. And the vision of the club, of course, has uh, been a top four club in the WSL. And that's challenging, but it's also really exciting. So um, I just want to help the club getting to that level and keep progressing. And I think with all the new signings that the club did, they really supported that vision. And I think we can achieve a lot with this group. And um, yeah. We reckon you're the most decorated player in this building because you've got two Champions League titles. James Milner's got one. What do you remember about that time at Lyon when you were part of such a dominant team? What was that like? It was great, like really good experience for me. I was really young. I only was 19 years old when I got there, but I actually played a lot of games as well, which was good for myself. But it was just a really good learning process for me with all the top class players in Lyon at that time. They're, most of them still play there. And of course, really nice to win the titles and be on the winning team. And I have only good memories from that time, really. Is that where you uh, sort of completed your footballing education? Because I think, you know, in in England, we think of all German players as being very technically at a high level, technically well-educated. And a great attitude, I may add. And a great attitude, yeah. Um, Is that how you grew up in, in, I know you started at Potsdam. Um, Just tell me a bit about your very early years and how you learned to play the game. Um, Yeah, I got to Potsdam when I was 16 years old, so really young. I still went to school and that was the main reason going to Potsdam is because they have a good combination of school and and football. Oh, so were you you close? Did you grow up close to there or Um, did you have to move? I moved there, so I lived three hours away, so not far, but I went to school there and they... I moved there to like where you live with the other students. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was good. It was a really good experience. Also going at a young age and yeah, getting experience in the Bundesliga very early. I was with that old coach, Bernd Schröder. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, he was really known. And I, I just remember Potsdam being really, really physically hard. And we did so much running and... Yeah, I was in a really good shape physically, maybe not technically so much, but physically. So that's why also the step to Lyon was more to get technically educated more. And yeah, just being around top players every day in training helped me a lot to grow in Potsdam as well as in Lyon. And did you specialize very young? Were you, were you identified as a striker rather than a midfield player or an attacking midfield player? Or? Yeah, that's an interesting one because in Potsdam I was a striker, but also a lot on the wing. And in Lyon I was a fullback actually. So changed the position a little bit just because they had a lot of strikers. And then I, I, I just wanted to play, so I played fullback. But then coming to Manchester City in 2017, then I really started to be only striker and not 
defender anymore. Can I just jump in there? Because I was looking at your stats and your goal ratio, I was really, really impressed with. And still at Lyon, playing as a fullback, you still got nine goals in 28 appearances. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's also because Lyon was always attacking. <laughs> it was maybe good to be a fullback in Lyon because you didn't have so much to defend you could always run forward and I play like a wing back as well so okay so you, so you yeah, were like Trent, so Trent Alexander-Arnold just, yeah, just forward thoughts rather than defensive <laughs> I was more offensively yeah, yeah. probably the defense I can well, tell by those numbers <laughs> yeah. I like to be in front of the goal and just yeah, creating opportunities and scoring as well have, have you always just felt that natural knack in front of goal is it, is it something that you were born with yeah, yeah. I think so I think just also in Potsdam very early being in a lot of goal positions helped me a lot. But um, yeah, I just feel like that, like I'm attracted to the goal, so I need to get there. And yeah. I think everyone's attracted to the goal, just a lot of people can't keep their composure in front of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no, I, I, I find it really interesting just how, because I, I believe that goal scoring can't be taught so I just wondered when you were growing up if it was just a knack you had there you go we've got a masterclass in goal scoring developing here between two two strikers can't tell you all the secrets (laughs) yeah he's got a few so Um, so what are the differences Pauline between the big leagues in Germany France and England because you've played at the top in in three countries now Uh, how would you how would you describe the differences between the leagues um, yeah, that's interesting. I think all the leagues have been growing a lot. Um, the Bundesliga is not the same. Like when I played there at Potsdam, of course, Potsdam is an example. They just got relegated and there's other teams coming up and investing in women's football. I think the English league is a really physical one, really strong league and is probably the most competitive right now. Germany is maybe a bit more uh, technical, tactical. And yeah, I feel like in France and Germany, there's still like quite a big gap between the top clubs and the lower league teams. And they're constantly working on it to improve. But in England, I think because the whole league and every club is very professional, uh, just very competitive and yeah, tight scores all around. With the emergence of the WSL, the growth over the last few years has been incredible. And would you say the WSL is now the most desirable destination in Europe for players? Yeah, I have a feeling that the WSL is growing a lot just because it's so professional right now. I mean, the bigger teams in in the other league, like Wolfsburg, Bayern and uh, Lyon, they also have really, really good facilities and really good standards, good teams. They always play for the Champions League title, so that's where players really want to be. But in the WSL, I think you have more teams competing at a really high level, which makes it interesting and will even grow more in the future. So historically, the United States and the (laughs) NWSL has been like the league to play in, hasn't it? Would you say more so it's coming back to Europe and, and, and England? Yeah, it's very different if you compare it to the NWSL. I think the style of play is very different over there. Um, more like a direct and really physical football. But Europe has grown a lot, I think, in, in general with all the tactics and the standard of the play and the, the style of play is different. So uh, I think for me as a player, I like to combine and have like... Um, 
yeah, more like short passes rather than long passes, I would always prefer to play in Europe right now. Sign up and join millions of sports fans putting their trust in my diesel claim. Proud sponsors of the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. It's a similar question in a way, but it was noticeable that Arsenal-Liverpool drew a record crowd for a WSL game of 54,000. And some people, because of the strength of the men's game and the men's Premier League over here, some people will think it's inevitable that the women's Super League will become the most dominant league in Europe as well. Do you think that's inevitable or is there still a lot more work to be done? There's still work to be done, but I think um, the basics are there now uh, with the professionalism. And that's really a, a big point, having good facilities, having good training pitches. And it's small things like that players need at that level. I think it's not even not only the salaries or the money, it's more like how can we work and um, what support staff do we have around us? Um, for um, yeah, physio, medical, everything needs to be at a good level to to perform, and I think there the WSL is in a really good place right now. And yeah, I think other leagues have to yeah keep up to that. Uh, if not, they they will fall behind a little bit. You had a thought about the facilities, Glenn? Didn't yeah, you? I did. Yeah, because. The first time I got showed around the women's facilities here, mm-hmm. I can I can openly and honestly admit it's better than some Premier League men's facilities I've played in or, uh, in, in recent years. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a beautiful space, mm-hmm. and you mentioned sort of the physios and, and everything there. How impressed have you been with the facilities here? Yeah, I'm really impressed. I mean, I I heard about it before that Brighton has really good facilities, but when I got here the first time, I was like, wow, um, it's really 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 good for a, a not top club right now in in the women's league and try to compare it to almost the same position uh, teams in in Germany and it's definitely a big big difference so i think we're really really lucky here to have these facilities and now it's just about using them the right way and make sure that we have the right people here as well and that's why you're here <laughs> <laughs> And uh, can you tell us a bit about Vicky Lasada? She's another star, a new star of the team. What's it like to play with her and what are her qualities? Uh, I really love to play with her. I think she's really good with the ball. She's really good at managing the game. I think she's not the one who has like, uh, I don't know, crazy craziness. It's more about the simple things. And that's actually really helpful also in games like yesterday when you need to stay calm and... She's, she has a good view and vision of the game. So, yeah, a really, really good player and she will be really important for us, I think. It's been a while since you played for Germany, but you've got, what, 21 appearances. And I'm guessing, and I, I think I've read somewhere that you, you, you do want to get back into the national side, don't you? Do you think playing here could help you in that respect? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a, a big goal. I mean, it's a big honor to play for your country. And I know in Germany we have a lot of good players, so it's not easy. But that's why also I took the step here because in Wolfsburg I probably didn't get as much playing time to show myself and um, also for the national team. So that's why I, I'm hoping here to get a lot of minutes. And uh, I've been in touch with the with the assistant coach and um they said they're going to watch the games here and they're looking forward to see me playing a bit more and yeah. 
but it's always club first and um, performances in the club. So and then every everything else is coming at this time. Just talking of international football, I mean, from a distance, where do you think we are with the, you know, the Rubiales scandal that broke during this World Cup? It was a, it was a very unusual aftermath to that tournament. Do you think, has the reaction to it been a kind of victory for women's football in a way, because there was such a consensus that this wasn't acceptable? Or, or do you think we're still stuck with these male attitudes to women in a way that's still incredibly unhealthy? No, I think um, overall... It was good for women's football um, that these issues were just out there uh, and seen by everyone also from the outside. That's the first step to make awareness. Of course, there's still a long way to go. And uh, we know that. I mean, these structures are still there and you can't change it overnight. So I think the first step is creating awareness. And yeah, that was a lot of awareness around that this summer. <laughs> yeah, so the unity in the women's game felt quite encouraging. In yeah, I think uh, everyone stick together and you could just see that everyone supporting the Spanish team and what they were going through. And even if I don't know the players, uh, like I think everyone around was really supportive and yeah, stick together. Yeah, I think even though we got beat in the final, we were very much on Spain's side when mm. it come to that. But how was it perceived in Germany? Yeah, a little bit the same like here. Of course, we're all in the same sport and, and we all want to grow. And I think not only in, in Spain that we're facing the same, I think a little bit in Germany as well. So yeah, for us, it's just making sure we have the performances on the pitch and then working towards everything off the pitch as well to, to improve for us. As a, as a Germany player, would would you say that your biggest rivals are the USA or England? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the history is England, I would say. It's always a, like a classic game, Germany versus England. But um, yeah, USA has a really, really good women's team for years and years. So big rivals all over. <laughs> yeah. And how are you finding the, the Brighton life? What do you do when you're not training and playing? Oh, it's been brilliant. I really enjoyed it. The weather gets worse. I'll, ju I'll just let you know that yeah. now. <laughs> like so far, the weather has been so nice. So after, every day after training, I went to the beach because <laughs> I live close to it as well. And I really enjoyed it. But yeah, we'll see how it is in the winter. But right now, uh, it's been nice. <laughs> Good. Do you have hobbies to relieve the pressure of being a professional footballer? Yes, definitely. Um, I like music, so I, I play the guitar myself and like to... You should have brought it with you. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> you have to invite me again. Are you any good? <laughs> no, that kind of stuff. Or, yeah, just spending time uh, away with my book or with friends or like going for coffee and like just... So we mentioned at the top of, of chatting that there's been a whole host of changes in the in the women's team this this off season, have you all gelled really well off the field? Do you spend a lot of time together? Yeah, uh, I think it's been good. We had that camp in Spain, which was helpful because you were together for ten days. We played cards or, yeah, just did walks or whatever. So I think the the team bonding is really good at the moment. And there's a few players that live quite close to each other in the city and, and here in Lansing. So I think it's easy to get around. Brighton is not that big a city, so you can actually yeah, meet up and yeah, 
it's been good. And that was one of Melissa Phillips's challenges, I suppose, to bring players together very quickly. Yeah. I mean, also, when you see the different culture that we have, we have 14 different nationalities in the team right now. Yeah, I was going to say, how's, how's all the English? Do yeah, they, are they good? Um, we only have uh, Jorlin from Columbia who doesn't really speak English right now, but she's learning it. And everyone else is really good at English. So it's already good to have the same language but also it's really interesting to get these cultures together and really benefit uh, to use all different thinking mentality and yeah it's going to be interesting I think it's going to be exciting yeah when you've won as many things as you have does, does that give you a confidence level that stays with you you know because you know you've been to the absolute top in the club game does that kind of sustain you through the difficult periods because you know you know the quality you have, the experience you have, and and the frankly the trophies you have. Yeah, I think uh, definitely it does because um, just experiencing different games I think helps you a lot. Like yesterday, when you're leading and you need to kind of get the win over the line, and like what what do you do? How do you how do you play? How do you push each other? I mean, uh, if you were in this possession for the first time, you probably don't know, but if you have it done, done it and also done it on a high level, it helps you a lot. And also, yeah, bringing that to the team um, with the experience that I had. I, I think this will be my job a bit this season. Do, do you see that as your job to bring the youngsters on as well? Are you, are you at that stage of your career? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I still feel young, <laughs> but uh, I am a bit... Older no, but I mean, I, now, not necessarily age-wise, just how yeah. experienced you are in big moments in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's I think, the role of leadership that Mel also wants me to be in and just be vocal with the group and um, helping others. And it's really about the team first. I'm not really thinking about myself in these moments. It's more about, OK, what can I do to help the team? See, that's what I mean about the German attitude. I love it. Like, <laughs> Team first all the time, it and, is and like I, that. <laughs> I learned that from from Pascal when I played w with him, and mm -hmm. just he's exactly the same as you, just like team first always. And I just I love it. It's 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 a a really good trait to have it in a group, without doubt. Every every German I've ever played with has always been really accepting of managers' decisions and. Never let their teammates down. Even even if they have been let down in certain situations, they will always be there for their teammates. And I think it's a really nice trait to have. Yeah. So is that is that a message you get when you're growing up in German football? Is it is it how does that develop? How, why why do so many German players display that characteristic? Um, yeah, I think we don't have like a lot of big stars in in Germany. It's more um, about the team, and that's what you get taught like and also that's what I was brought up with this more like togetherness and I wasn't happy even if I had a good game but we lost of course you're not happy so just making sure that the win is there first for the team and everything else comes after it yes but you're still allowed you still have individuals I guess game changing individuals who are different they're not like the other players they kind of you, that's allowed isn't it in German football definitely and, you, and yeah. that's wanted as well I think that's what we need we need to have characters in the team as well and people that step up and be loud and have an opinion but um, have that opinion still thinking about the team first I think that's a really big difference and being unselfish in the team environment so it can be both you can be creative but also think of the team I think yeah. so yeah 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 
That is fascinating. Thank you, Pauline. We do this thing at the end of a podcast where people have to say, tell us three things they love about Brighton. You can take your time, but just in three words, can you think of three things? That I love about Brighton? Well, I have to say the football club. (laughs) 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 And the beach, that's definitely on top. And um, struggle for third. third. <laughs> Food. I would say coffee. Uh, there's a few nice coffee places and uh, cafes. Uh, I'm still haven't explored them all, but I'm on it. And um, yeah, I will do do more. Maybe next time when I'm on this podcast, I can. <laughs> yeah, tell next you time you're on, we'll do a, a guide to Brighton coffee shops yeah. with you. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for joining <laughs> okay. us, and the um, the best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Don't forget to rate us, review us, leave your comments and join us again soon. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Check if you are eligible for significant compensation for free at mydieselclaim.com. This podcast is a VoiceWork Sport production for Brighton and Hove Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.